0: Back to Inside Motorsport. I'm here with Gary Orton of Kiwi Motorsport, a very successful team in North America, and fronting up for your 16th year in T-R-S. Yep, it's uh, it's been a long time in this series, that's for sure. We're
1: the, the only team in the paddock that's been here since day one, which is quite special. Um, we've had our ups and downs. We you know had a very successful year a couple of years ago with Thomas Randall, um, but it's been a fantastic. 16 years, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had a lot of young drivers through your your books.
1: Yeah, we have. I mean, we've been quite privileged to have um, Brendan Hartley come through us, and then Daniel Caveat, and uh, it was actually quite special for us. We were racing with our Formula 4 program at Cota a couple of years ago, and Brendan and Daniel were both there in the same team, and, you know, to think that they'd come through us was actually quite amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're a New Zealand-born and bred, yeah. But you spent a large part in the U.S. working in American open-wheel racing. Tell us about what you've done there.
1: Uh, well, in the late mid to late 90s, we were in the states with Dave McMillan, who's an expat Kiwi. I and mean, we were running the Rolt program, so there was the Rolt Atlantic cars, and there was obviously Super V. We then did some uh, Indy Lights for a few years, and we ran the likes of. Uh, Marco Andretti and Al Unser Jr. the third, or however you want to say yes, it. Yes, so yes. some Reesby really big names here. Then obviously I come back to New Zealand, set up some business interests back here, and then Tina and I went back about four or five years ago and formed a team to run in the American Formula Four Championship. Yep. It's been very successful for us. Um, you know, we started out with a one-car team running Brendan Leach. And by the end of the year we were running two cars and we run finished third in the championship. Uh, the following year we expanded to five or six cars and we actually won the team's championship. That year we had all of our drivers finish in the top 11 of the championship, yep. um, which was actually pretty amazing. And then obviously... 2008 19 we actually won the teams and the drivers championship, and pretty much. Who was the driver there? Uh, Joshua Carr from Sydney, Australia, yeah. and we pretty much dominated that. We uh, we took five of the six pole positions. We won nine of the 17 races. Um, so it was a pretty good season for us. Uh, we were very blessed by having our 2017 drivers come back. And obviously that helped with the domination, but you know, everybody did a very good job
0: and it was great. Okay. Now, um, you had a name change in the last two years or last year. Um, you were Victory Motorsport, became Kiwi Motorsport. Tell us about that how that happened. Yeah, well the
1: Victory was uh, Guy Griffith and myself, we had a business in Nelson restoring classic cars. And we looked after Grant Sylvester with a Trans Am and Dean Perkins with a New Zealand V8 touring car. Then the Toyota thing came about, and we uh, entered that under the banner of Victory Motor Racing to keep in line with the Victory. We sold that business um, about four years ago now, the and Guy and I business. we we continued on with the Victory Motor Racing. Uh, circumstances for him have changed with his employment, and. Over that period, we had the Kiwi Motorsport in America, so we've taken the whole thing over and just renamed it under our American banner, which has been quite successful for us. A
0: lot of people in Australia don't understand the Toyota Series. I mean, you don't own a car, you don't own an engine. You have a lease arrangement uh, per driver um, in the Series. Um, Barry Tomlinson and Louise obviously did a crackerjack job in setting it up. Uh, yeah, they did a fantastic
1: job. The first model car we had, the FT 50, forty, you could actually own those cars, and we were one of the only teams that did actually own our own cars. Right. Then, when the FT fifty came out, obviously it was uh, they changed the uh, structure, and they you just leased the cars off them. And it, I mean, it, it, it's great. We haven't got the capital outlay to buy them. Um, they're all maintained and prepared by Toyota exactly the same. To be honest. The regulations are that tight. It won't matter what team you go to. I bet you go down the paddock here, and every car is set up so similar. It's really a drivers' championship, Um, and a lot of that's just been the way
0: that Toyota structured this whole championship. You know. Yeah, I I mean they really ought to be uh, congratulated many times over for what they've done. Uh, And you, of course, know all the tracks intimately, having been on them since. uh, your young days, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't
1: probably give us too much of an advantage. No, but, no. no I'm not but just, um, yeah, you sort of know where the pit gate is
0: and where the toilets are and whatnot, so that helps. I, I think when I came back here and it was, uh, I think it was in the early two thousands, uh, someone pointed out to me they have painted the rubbish bin near the front gate there. <laughs> right. Since yeah. my days in the seventies. Well, here we are at Tiratonga, and
1: I started my. I won't call it a career but started racing here at Teratonga and it hasn't changed a bit really yeah. apart from a nicer club, you know, clubhouse and,
0: and that control tower is pretty amazing yeah it's
1: state of the art yeah.
0: which is quite cool yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I just wish a, uh, built a ladder over the uh, track so you could go any time you know?
1: hopefully that will be the next step right yeah okay. well they've yeah. certainly built but it's a track here with a lot of history that's for sure you know it's the southernmost track in the southern hemisphere probably one of the oldest tracks in the
0: southern hemisphere um a lot of those great names have all raced here. Yeah. Now, you have run um, you know, up to six cars since you started, sort of thing, haven't you? You have a lot of cars in every year in the TRS.
1: Yeah, I mean, we. Yeah. there's always been sort of that two to five cars. There was, there was times where it was really quite difficult to get drivers, and that was across the board. You know, we've had a world recession, uh, the financial crisis, I mean. Yep. Um, but it's definitely looking really positive now. Like, Toyota plan on only running 20 cars, and we've filled that. In fact, we had a waiting list. Yep. I think every one of us teams, we had a driver in the wind wanting to do the championship.
0: Which is fantastic. I mean, oh, exactly it's, uh, it's, it's the best position to be in. Because <laughs> one of the things that we've been very, very seen, and I'm very conscious of it, I mean, I know about the commercial world, and there were people in Australia, of course, who used to love Leather patches on their on their uh, jackets, um, but uh, I was never part of that. I can remember rejoicing when I saw the gold leaf team Lotuses roll out yeah. you know, in '69, I think it was. But um, it seems that it's been set up very well for you as a team owner to say, right, this is what we've got to do to make this a success for us.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, the whole the whole away has made it very easy for the teams. Like the cars are all prepared for us. They all go in containers. We don't need to have a transporter here. Um, obviously, they've got the hospitality. The whole the whole package is really something that they don't even really see in Europe. Yes. Um, but it's a five week boot camp. It's got to be made as comfortable for everybody as possible um, to make it a success. And and it has been from day one really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that you know young men can go and get twenty days out of thirty. go and do
1: 20 days testing but it's not like doing 20 days of racing yes. you know. You know, these and, are... and
0: being able to measure yourself against somebody else who yesterday they beat you but you beat them yeah. today I mean we
1: have we have team qualifying sessions and 15 standing starts I mean that that is a lot of just that in itself and yeah. um, and it's good practice for these kids and they go back home and do their respective championships and they're, they're in a far better position than what they would have been if they didn't come.
0: Yeah. Um, I uh, have long said in Australia that you can pick the drivers who are in supercars Say those who have been to Europe and those who have become case hardened as I call it yeah. um, in that they've done F3 like Will Davison or done Formula Ford like uh, Ambrose and others, Courtney um, and that there is just something they learn, well in f- fact in, in years to come that will be applied to New Zealand but, you know, you've know, you done a TRS yeah. you've learned a, learn a lot
1: I think it's really, it's worldwide known that all top touring car drivers have done their apprenticeship in single-seaters. Now, there's a handful that haven't gone through that route, but generally, that's how it's been. They learn their craft in the single-seaters, and, and it tends to make them a, an amazing supercar driver, or a touring yeah. car driver, or a sports car, or whatever it yeah. is, you know? Yeah, yeah
0: Indeed. Alright, well, I'll certainly catch up with you in the weeks ahead. I'm here for the duration, so I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Nice to spend some time with Gary Orton uh, on uh, Inside Motorsport and the Kiwi Motorsport team. Thank you. I'm here at uh, Highland Park, where the uh, second of the three races of the weekend is run. I'm with Stephen Giles. Stephen, welcome to Inside Motorsport. Thanks very much. Who's a long-time member of uh, Motorsport New Zealand, going back to the 90s, and also World Motorsport. but.
2: Your team uh, has been competing for how long in the TRS Toyota Race sims? Uh So I started uh, running Giles Motorsport back in 2008, I think at end of 2008 okay. when it was still um, not, uh, not just the New Zealand, um, sorry the International Series, there was a New Zealand Championship with an international component yep. within that. It's only the last probably uh, eight or nine years where it's been a fully international series. Yeah, well, this year with 70 nationalities and 20 drivers, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty much United Nations this year, actually. It's pretty good.
0: No Eskimos, but an Angolan and an Israeli, so that's great for uh, world motorsport. Um, So, your background in motorsport goes back to when you worked back in Palmerston North?
2: That's right, yes. I did uh, uh, just an engineering. Uh, automotive Engineering Apprenticeship at Telecom New Zealand back in the day, and then uh, went straight from there to work for Brian Hartley, doing a lot of engine building. Um, Father of Nelson and Brendan. Brendan, correct. Yep. yep. So uh, know those guys very well, literally since birth, Yes. and um, yeah, did, did that for a few years with Brian before uh, getting offered an opportunity to go to the UK and work over there. And if Bruce had been there, he said, welcome there. <laughs> Bruce McLaren, of course, was
0: a stepping stone for many New Zealanders, and you followed a path at Howden, Ganley, and, and, and Wally Wilmot, etc., right. etc. Et yep. um, so you were in the uh, Grand Prix team for most of your time there?
2: Yes, uh, I went to the UK in 92. I uh, did a couple of seasons of British touring cars with Toyota and Alfa Romeo at yep. ProDrive. And then ended up at McLaren uh, for the start of the '96 season on the test team, Yep. For the season on the test team. Uh, this had, is on the Spanners? Yep, as, uh, started off as a number two mechanic on the test team, got promoted to number one mechanic there in 96, and then got moved over to the race team in 97, did two years uh, as a number two on David Coulthard's car. Okay. And you then,
0: obviously were showing the things that they needed.
2: Uh, yeah, I got, uh, I got, I did get sort of promoted and shifted through the ranks fairly quickly. A um, couple of years as Mika Häkkinen's number one mechanic in 99, 2000, and then uh, I was chief mechanic on the race team from 2001 through to me leaving in 2006. And they've been on a decline ever since. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry,
0: that's not meant. Look, I'm a fierce yeah. believer in McLaren.
2: Yeah no look I was lucky and I was there at, 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 a, at not, a heyday. It's not
0: good luck. It's good management. You were there at the right time, and yeah. by cracking they decided to succeed.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty exciting times. You know, I was lucky enough to be there when, when it was still a sport, if you like. You know, the teams, uh, and and that time that I was there, it went from being a sport, in my view anyway, to to being a, a commercial entity, owned by big corporations and and yeah. motor companies and. Uh, you know, basically what you see today. And so when did you return to New Zealand? In 2006, yeah. 2006 yeah. Okay. straight from McLaren back home.
0: Okay, wife and kids and all the disasters?
2: Yep, yeah, that uh, was the main reason for leaving, you know, yep. we, it, was, it was a great job, never re- regret it for a minute, it was a very tough job, um, but it was enjoyable, but it was, a, for me anyway, it was a young man's game, and now, when you're young and single it's, you know, nothing better. But, uh, I, I've been seeing you around Australasian motor racing for a number of years
0: because you yeah. go and do GTS and various other categories in Australia as well.
2: That's right. Yeah. So apart from the Toyota Racing Series, which is uh, you know short and sweet here, um, I've got to find something else to do for the rest of the year. So up until last year, 2019, I was, I was pretty much um, keeping myself just to Australia, uh, doing Australian Formula Ford. Uh, Formula 3, Formula 4, Australian GT, uh, and that was on a regular basis in, in all of those championships for a number of years. I actually started with Richie Stanaway yep. uh, back in 2009, I've been doing it for 10 years over there as well. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, last year, for the first time uh, since leaving McLaren actually, I... I went further abroad and, and ended up doing Asian F3 yep. and that was mainly actually to get experience with the new TRS car because it is the same, same car so I, I contracted myself to a team up in Asia uh, all of last season to, to learn about the new TRS car. Yes. Did that uh, and also Simon Evans, Mitch Evans' brother who's now competing in the Jaguar I-Pace series. Um, I've been doing that with him as well all of last year and continuing in, into this year Okay,
0: all right. um, You've been long enough in the TRS to actually see it grow substantially
2: Yeah I was um, around as I said earlier from the time where I transitioned from just the New Zealand Championship with a few rounds and a few international drivers coming into what is now you know truly international series FIA sanctioned Um, you know so it's grown massively and the the structure of it has evolved considerably but yeah it's a a good thing. The great thing is that Toyota put real resources behind
0: it don't they I mean it's not not just something they're just doing as a part-time this is Mm. something
2: that they want to make work. Absolutely there's probably no other category in the world to be honest where there's such a commitment from a from a manufacturer, certainly, um, you know, Re- Renault, I guess, do in the past have done something similar, similar with the Formula Renault uh, Euro Cup, um, but even then, it, it's been a case of them supplying engines and chassis, badged under their name, but the the teams have still been responsible for buying their own cars and finding their own drivers and budgets and all that sort of stuff. Whereas this category is. It's not, um, it's not sponsored, uh, or, or um, sponsored by Toyota in, in the sense that the teams uh, get discounts or anything. You know, we we still yeah. we get paid by Toyota. We're contracted by Toyota to run the drivers. The, the great thing is the way in which it is structured. You know, in fact,
0: there are four teams yep. competing: one Australian-based, so to yep. say, and three New Zealand. Um, yeah, and well, you he... come along and say, "I'd like to come and do this series." And it's
2: those four teams you talk to, and if, if none of them are in new bad luck, you, you can't do it. Yeah, pretty much, and and that's um, and that's again part of a unique thing. A number of years ago, um, Toyota and the and the team owners at the time, which are still the current team owners, you know, all agreed that for, for everyone's sake, um, we we couldn't really allow or afford to have an, an open market, if you like, on on teams because it would dilute. Um, our incomes, for a start, you know, we're we, we're trying to make this worth our while and profitable yeah. for our, ourselves. Yes. In a very short space of time, you've got a lot of professional teams from overseas who who would like to come and do it every year. Teams ask if they can enter the series. Yeah. Um, but if that were to happen, um, it certainly it would take income away from the teams who have committed for a number of years now and have a lot of um, time, money, and resources and, and involved? It, it's a really good
0: motor racing brain has be put behind it because obviously you want people to com- be competitive but you've also got to be commercially competitive so that it's viable for people to do. Absolutely. You want the best people coming to do it. Yeah, yeah I mean the fact that there's you now the liaison or the Relationships happening with European teams yeah.
2: is fantastic. I just that that's such a benefit. That's right. Yeah, and, and um, so, and that that's kind of been a compromise. So I guess in, instead of just allowing a free for all for any team around the world to come here, um, you know, that can still happen, but they have to understand they run under the, the four local team sort of banners, if you like, and they have to integrate with those existing teams if they want to bring a driver and an engineer or some staff. To assist, they they they're more than welcome to do that. They just can't run under their own banner.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Barry Tomlinson, I can't remember his wife's name. Barry and Louise. Louise. Yeah. Um, they obviously did a fantastic job for yeah. the 13 or so years that they were involved in setting it up. Yeah. And now Nico and Sarah have come in. Sarah's off having a baby, and but <laughs> got Amanda um, instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Nico seems to have that ideal I mean the fact he'd been here twice with A1 GP he, yeah. he, he'd seen the country knew it to a degree um, he, he seems to have the ideal combination of skills that being that he's an engineer by, by nature yeah. so therefore he's not looking just to make a, a promotion and, and you know, lots of flowers and, and waterlies or whatever it is but you know, it's a genuine desire for the racing to be good and that seems to be a, a key part of it
2: Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, Nico was here with Day 1 GP and then spent uh, a number of seasons with m too as one of their race engineers as well. So, yeah, he knows the... Before he became category manager, he, he knew the series intimately anyway. So it was... Um, yeah, it was great for him to have that knowledge and, and bring the European experience um, that he had also into the series. So we've seen... So um, a slightly different um, approach to how the series is run. And I wouldn't say, uh, you know, the way that Barry and Louise did it. It was just different styles, you know. At the end of the day, it was great. And it still is a great package that they've both delivered. You know, it's just done in slightly different ways. But, um, yeah, credit. Credit to Barry and Louise for getting it to the point that it did, and also credit to, to Nico for carrying that on.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, so you've got an interesting array of drivers. Um, uh, you've got um, Chelsea, of course, who's just learning the craft. Um, and the other two, I'm
2: trying to remember. I've got Lurim, uh That's right, the Gregoire and yep. uh, Henning. Also, yes. uh, yeah. Inquist. Swedish, yep. in yeah, Swedish, and he's um, so he's young out of an LMP2 car. Yep. So quite a high-performance car, you know, uh, more power, downforce and everything than these cars have, but um, he's finding it very challenging because, um, I guess, because it hasn't got the downforce and those types of things that, that he's used to and the power steering and all of the... the Is um, he the changing
0: the direction slightly in his career, or...?
2: No, he's just using this purely... As a tune-up. ...to his training, yeah, okay, and, and, yeah, yeah. Start, you know, tuning your skills in the in the winter, and you know, there's nothing beats driving a single seater quickly to um, to yeah. hone your skills. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Not. Um, so far, so good for the season. You're are pleased uh, with progress? Very very early days, only two days in, but uh, look, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's been great so far. Um, we've had a couple of podiums in the first two races already, and we've got two two drivers capable of running at the front of the field, and and the other two, Henning and Chelsea, who are here to learn, are making progress as well, and that and that's what it's all about. So. I mean, one of the keys to this category is the amount of track time that they get,
0: Yes. which obviously is also very tiring for your crew. Yeah. Do you find that you have to
2: pace yourself through five weeks, oh, yeah. sort of thing? Uh, you haven't got time to pace yourself, to be right, honest. Okay. Um, what, what I find, and I say this to all of the guys and girls that we... That come and help me out. Um, you, you find that the first week is, seems to take a long time, drags out. Okay. Second week everyone's just finding their feet and kind of getting used to it, but by the end of uh, the, the gap from the end of week two to end of week five it just dis- disappears yeah. and you, you don't know what happened. It's it over so quickly. Alright, well thank you very much
0: Stephen Giles. And we look forward to following progress and staying around for five weeks. It should be fantastic. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.